I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Tuesday. Big 10, done. Pac-12, done. Three big boys left. Lakers and Bucks. Lakers favored in the West. Bucks favored in the East. 0-2 against the spread yesterday. Now 3-10 against the spread in the bubble. Ongoing, Phoenix in the bubble. 6-0 straight up. 6-0 against the spread. Chance at the number 8 seed. Currently in a close game in the second half versus the Sixers. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, R.J. That's me, live radio, baby. We'll be talking about that. Very important sun score when it comes to that eighth seed in the West and so much in college football. I'm a pro, it's true. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. We'll be talking about another win over Fezzik. Oh, oh. He's not a pro. He's a Joe, but he's a really good Joe. Jonas Knox in L.A. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got the playoffs starting to shape up in the NBA, we got some doom and gloom when it comes to the world of football. What is this Vegas lead here on a Tuesday? You know, we said it in the headlines yesterday, which is if you look at the amount of money that is bet on college football, you would think, oh, the NFL is so much more. No, NFL is about, let's say, $150 is bet on the NFL. About $100 is bet in college football. And in some places, more is bet in college football. This is almost half of the football handle. The football handle is by far the biggest handle when it comes to any sport, right? It's all about football season. We know that as sports media people. We know that as gamblers. Jonas, I don't think there could be any lead other than for the first time. I mean, in World War II, there were games. And the Depression, just go down Vietnam War. Not going to be games, it looks like, in the Big Ten or Pac-12 at minimum. Yeah, it was made official earlier today. The Big Big Ten announcing earlier that they had canceled fall sports, but there is hope that they are going to try and play a football season in the spring. Shortly thereafter, the Pac-12 also added that they will not be playing fall sports, but they also included that they will not be having sports, period, the rest of the calendar year and no promise of a spring football season. And let's be candid, certainly no promise of that from the Big Ten. No. Right? Because we always ask ourselves, what is the cost? What is the expense of saying something? And oftentimes, it's, it's very little, if no expense, no cost. So what happens is Big Ten looks like, oh, there's reason for hope. So whatever your outrage is, withhold it because it may only be a delay. You know, I remember there would be... Uh, 
businesses that would open up in a small town. You know, I grew up in a small town in Ohio, right on the river, right about an hour from Pittsburgh. And there were 4,000 people in the town, coal mining town. And there was no stoplights. And there was one fast food joint, but it was a Dairy Queen that was only open five months a year when it was hot. So a place of uh, not abundance, right, of scarcity. And then a place would shut down that you liked, whatever it was. And there'd be a little sign in the door that said, you know, temporarily closed. I don't think I've ever seen a temporarily closed place open back up, ever. <laughs> I mean, literally, when that sign comes out, you might as well put the nail in the coffin. I mean, if you had to be the odds maker in a moment, what's the chances the Big Ten plays football in the spring and then plays again in the fall of 2021? What's the drop you guys have there? 0.0? 0. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, think, I think it's 0.0. 0. They're going to play in the spring and then turn around and play a few months later. It's not happening. And you know they're not going to give up the, the fall football, right? No. So odds are, let's say, you know, it, it's interesting. We were talking about the handle in college football. At the South Point, Jimmy Vaccaro, who's a legendary bookmaker in Vegas, the college football handle has been more than the NFL handle on given, let's say, Saturday versus Sunday. How much is bad on Saturday? How much is bad on Sunday? So, at minimum, the amount of excitement and such, you know, from morning to night, noon kickoff to the 10.30 Eastern kick, forgetting Hawaii and the, the <laughs> ultimate bailout games. So, you know, I think we got to break this down with the same discernment and the same vigor that we do a game. And I'll, I'm going to start with this, and it's going to be an indictment of a lot of other people, but hey, tough, because I think it's true. That's all I can do. The amount of fairly intelligent people, seemingly, that have no ability, it seems, to look at evidence and discern it, assess it. I mean, these are national sports writers. Just the, and there's nothing, you know, I know this isn't supposed to be political, but just the aloofness, it seems, of those that are like, hmm, what, what have we been doing when it comes, you know, this is me now being them, I'll get a whiny voice, yeah, what have we been doing that we ever thought, who was so foolish to think we could play? What? <laughs> I mean, what? It's like, the foolishness here, it seems, is the idea of instead of saying, hey, could one heart condition, is that worth a season? That's an interesting debate. It is. Except that's not the debate. The debate is what's option one and what is option two? Or is there more than that? The broad options, it seems like to me, Jonas, and you can tell me if you agree, you play and you try very hard not to contract each individual player, tries not to contract it, and the teams try to minimize the chance of that. That's option one. Option two is you don't play. And what happens? Well... If the school has students on campus, those student athletes probably are going to be on campus with them. And if they are having a remote education, they go back to their hometowns. So that's one option that's a blended based on the circumstances. The question isn't, will anyone get COVID playing? The question is, will more players get COVID playing than not playing? Would you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. So any choice of is football worth a life is just a false choice. 
it's people you agree going, with that? Yeah, it's people going super, super dramatic to try and guilt you. Well, into it's just feel- wrong, though. Yeah, and it's also they want they want you to feel bad and want to paint you into a corner as oh you don't care about those kids' lives. And it's no that that's not that's not the point here. The point is if they're getting testing every single day and it's a safe enough environment, they should be okay to play. I, I just or is it even more than that? Is it that they're better off playing? That's the question. Yeah. Because to me, what, what you learned in, you know, calculus and, and, and probability, and I, I got, you know, I'm one of those weird dudes that has more math than 99% of people, but far less math than a PhD or whatever. So I don't ever like act like I'm Mr. Abacus, like Fezzik, who's not, but he acts like he is. But it, it really is about the following. How much extra exposure will you get playing? Versus how much are the circumstances other than playing improved by being on a team? So let's think about it. If you wanted to make the case playing is dangerous, you would say you can't social distance playing football. This is tackle football. Very true. Now, the case has been made. Very little skin-on-skin contact, right? Gloves, most football players. Face masks, all of them. Some of them have shields. There's the idea that those shields are going to become more prevalent in the NFL this year, for example, right? Okay. But they're still, you're breathing on each other. There's a chance you might, you know, cough. I mean, no doubt there's additional physical contact playing. That's a negative if you're trying to prevent contracting COVID. That's one side of the equation. What's the other side? Well, what's the alternative for these kids if they're hanging out? In campus, let's say, on campus, they're going to be in the dorms. They're going to be thinking, what's the point? I'm not going to play for a year at minimum or, you know, maybe potentially they're thinking spring, but who knows, right? Right. Are they really going to be as focused? I mean, I think we all know from every movie we've seen about chess teams, marching bands, anything in which kids who are at risk becomes part of a whole participating it gives them motivation. It gives them peer support. Is How much does that go away here? Not to mention the medical side of it, the testing daily, the idea of in a dorm, no one's getting tested hardly, versus you go back to some cow town, and I grew up in a cow town. I promise. There's not many cow towns, more cow town than where I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hardly. And l- literally... Literally, the idea that anyone where I grew up cares about this, they're just spitting on the ground saying those P-U-S, yeah, you know what I'm saying here, right? Is they're all thinking that this talk of masks, it's not political to them. It's like breathe in some cold soot for the last 30 years, buddy, if you want to see what pain is. That's the mentality in these towns. I promise you it is. I mean, how many people were in the th- – you grew up in a fairly big town, right? Like 100,000, I remember? Uh, yeah, I, but I think growing up it was less than that. It's gotten bigger since, you know, since I've grown up. But, yeah, it was a little bit bigger than that. But my family uh, – my dad originally was from Monmouth, Illinois, which is the western part of the state. Really small town. Uh, I've been back there to visit. I mean, it literally All right, is, so g- give us an indication of what it was like to visit there. Uh, here's what it was like. It's First Street, Second Street, <laughs> and Third Street. That's legitimately their names. 
and 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 that's all you need because you're not going to confuse town, them. Third Street, <laughs> like that's that's <laughs> literally it. And it was corn. The uh, the hotel we stayed at, the entire you look out the back window. Most hotels you see a swimming pool. It was literally corn for as long as you could see. And let me think on a scale of one to a hundred, how tough were the people? And let's look at it inversely. How open were they to the sensitivities of the big city? Let me see. Zero? Yeah. Open? A hundred? Yeah. Tough? Yeah. Deal with it. Oh, you got a problem? Deal with it. I dislocated and, my kneecap when I was out there, and they popped it back in and refused an ambulance. <laughs> I, <laughs> here's, here's the thing. No one is saying that's a preferred way. I do think there's a beauty and a simplicity to that life. That, that is lost sometimes. I've been in Vegas over 20 years, so I know both sides of it, right? And I do think there's appealing parts to that, and I think there's ignorant parts of it. Ignorant because they don't know anything else. So I get it. I'm not in a, here saying it's better or trying to exalt the middle America. I'm saying that's the reality. Where these kids are going home to if they are not classes on campus, and many of these schools won't have classes on campus, where they're going home to is going to be like that. So to me, I think the following is a very fair statement. That a given football team, the Ohio State football team, for example, I think it's fair to say we'll have more COVID cases not playing than playing. I'm not positive. I think it's fair to say that would be a conclusion. Would you agree, Jonas, that's a very possibly a conclusion that would be accurate. Yeah, and I'll take it a step for- further. I think it's actually more dangerous because they're not going to be tested every day like they would be if they were playing football. So they could end up having it, not showing symptoms, and then giving it to somebody else because they're not getting tested every day. Uh, well, you're so right. And even beyond that, and it's a great segue, we'll take our first break. The concern that's being put forward is about this rare heart condition. We're going to break this down, but what we've discovered and what is out there to be known is this heart condition isn't a huge problem unless it's untreated. So it's one thing to get COVID spread around, not know it or whatever, but the idea that this heart condition, which is the main concern for the student athletes, at least from the commissioners and such, is a huge problem if not discovered, not as big if discovered. Why would that be a situation to send kids back to a place in which it's not going to be discovered? We'll get into it. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will take an early look at tip-off in Orlando in a little over 10 minutes from now. Yeah, so we got a little NBA talk. Fezzik and I reconciling our bet. And then a little bit more about college football. Then NFL preview. Just settle in for the rest of the hour. This is the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for that. You got our commitment, guarantee, best football season yet coming up. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas. Right now in Vegas, on the strip, 106 degrees. The neon is pumping. So, RJ, we've got a Western Conference matchup tipping off in Orlando a little over 10 minutes from now. It is the Blazers and the Mavericks on TNT. And right now on pregame.com, the Portland Trail Blazers are two and a half point favorites. Yeah. 
two and a half point favorites. What I find interesting here, Jonas, is the total. 240. 240 Jesus. combined <laughs> points. And this goes with an adage you have to keep in mind if you're going to bet or even watch. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans that know more than their buddies. You know more if you know this. If motivation is a question for one team even, it usually hurts that team on defense. No one's ever unmotivated to the degree of not bothering shooting. People will shoot in all situations. Will they play defense? And the fact is total 240 is so high, part of it is about, okay, same time, as Fez would say, at the house with his wife, but still, it's part of it's that, yeah. But part of it is, what's the Mavs playing for? They're the seventh seed. They are. They had their guys, Luca and Porzingis, sat yesterday. Now they're playing. They're focused on offense. 240, I'm not saying go over or under. I'm saying that's a noteworthy total. And when you have two teams with nothing to play for, ooh-wee, totals go up, up, up. And oftentimes they still go over. The adjustment's hard to beat. The analog would be, or the analogy would be, the last game of the season with teams with nothing to play for, for decades, over, over, over in those games, we're straight out of Vegas. I'm R.J. Bell. Let's talk about a few other things. So, we have the update right now. Just starting the fourth quarter, the Suns are up eight over the Sixers. Suns, as we mentioned during the headlines, undefeated straight up, undefeated against the spread in the bubble, what do you think of this Suns team? I mean, if you were the Lakers, I'm guessing, because it's a battle for the eighth seed, I'm guessing that you would say Portland, you'd like to play the least. Yeah. What what team would you like to play second least? Um, I would probably say Phoenix, just because Devin Booker has got the ability to just take games over. He's he's done it before to where he's you know put up huge point per, uh, outputs. I want to say he scored 60 in a game, if I'm not mistaken. I want to say that happened a couple of years ago, uh, just off the top of my head. But he's got the ability to take games over. And if you're a Lakers team, and we know, and the struggles, and we've talked about it here on the show, have been documented that they struggle with their perimeter defense. The last guys I want to deal with are guys like Devin Booker, and Damian Lillard. Yeah, but you think about it, almost every team in the league that's any good has a good perimeter game, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a handful of the teams like the Lakers that are more inside. That's what's going to be fascinating. I always like, and I, you're a big UFC guy, Jonas, I always liked when it was like, okay, jiu-jitsu versus kickboxing. Yeah. Over Now, as the years have passed, my understanding is, as the sport has matured, that jiu-jitsu is is such the king that if you're not good at that, you're in trouble, right? Is yeah. that in UFC? And then you might have other skills. So it's not even a battle anymore of what discipline is better, but it used to be. Yeah, there are certain guys whose jujitsu is so good that you do not want to get anywhere near them on the ground because you know you're going to end up getting strangled. It's just going to happen, and and no matter what. But guys have understood throughout as the sport has grown that they've got to at least know some level of jujitsu. You can't gone are the days that you could just go in there and be a stand up fighter, a wrestler. Just, even yeah, too. yeah, yeah. You got to be able to figure it out. And so you mentioned it. Styles make fights. So when you get a grappler against a striker, that's where it gets. It's interesting to see who can implement their game plan first. And the analogy here would be the Lakers with the inside game versus many other teams with the outside game. 
It's going to be fascinating. Now, you look at the other side of it, the Clippers, who I believe are going to be really motivated because the Clippers do not want to get out of that number two. And you might say, oh, there's no home field. What's the difference between two and three if there's no home court? Well, because, you know, the theory is in the second round, two's playing three. The, the problem is, one, they want to play the Clippers very badly, the Mavs. They're locked into seven, and the Clippers are best at what? Perimeter defense. Well, Luka, Porzingis, a lot of perimeter shooting there. So if you look at the results, the Clippers played very hard against the Mavs. Remember, there was that game where the, the Clippers had questionable motivation. It seemed in about every game, but they played hard against the Mavs. What I hear is they want to play the Mavs just because it's a good matchup for them. So if they fall from two, they wouldn't play the Mavs. And who knows who's going to be six? Might be a really good team. Yet Houston could still be six, right? So to me, the Clippers have had questionable motivation. I think the last two games, you see this team really play hard. Does that resonate? At this point, I would rather play Dallas than Houston. I want no part of Houston. No, God, no. And as great as Luka is, and he's becoming one of these, we're looking at an all-time great type talent with the performances he's putting on. At his age so far, I think that's fair to say. Unbelievable player. I want no part of whatever the hell James Harden and Russell Westbrook have figured out in Houston. They're going to be a problem in the postseason. I agree. So I think Clippers motivated is one of the takeaways here. I also think, that's Jonas Knox, I'm R.J. Bell, Fox Sports Radio, straight out of Vegas. I also think, uh, I think that we got to ask ourselves how screwy, how screwed up the media is. Because the media, we decide in a way, and we're smaller than a Colin Cowherd or a Stephen A. Smith, but it's an aggregation, ultimately, of the voices what is a great player? Because I saw a poll recently. Who's the best player 21 or under? I think Greeny had it up. And it was Luca was one of the choices. Mm-hmm. Zion was one of the choices. Um, one of the choices was Trey Young. And one of the choices was, uh, I can't remember the fourth. But as far as I could see, these were three of the worst defensive players in basketball, I mean, yeah. if, if you actually look at Luca, is what bottom ten percent as a defender? Yeah, he's not not known for his defense at all. Well, I think that's too too <laughs> generous, right? Zion is seemingly horrible at defense, right? Yeah, yeah. and Trey Young's even worse than that by all accounts. Yeah. So, like, we're at the point now. We're going to say the four best players, and uh, or at least a minimum three of the four best players in basketball under a certain age are as bad at defense as you could almost be in playing the NBA, which means what? Defense doesn't matter anymore? Like, And all I'm saying is if we don't look at things other than the highlights, when I was growing up in the 90s, I actually liked CNN sports. Anyone that was around back then remember, I think Nick Charles, yep. you remember that? Yep. Uh, and it was Fred... Um, Van Vliet, uh, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, Fred Van Vliet. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember, I remember, yeah. I mean, it was a real battle between them and Sports Center. It yeah. wasn't like everyone in the world was on Sports Center. It was like a battle. It was CNN and Sports Tonight, right? 
I, I don't remember that yeah. one. I remember it so clearly, though, because me and my buddy George would always be fighting. He wanted to watch Sports Center. You know, we were in high, I wanted to watch CNN. And then you always knew to turn on headline news at 27 and 57 after. Oh, but then when it would loop around and I would yeah. miss my score of the, the Mountain West game, I bet. Yeah. yeah. Or it wasn't necessarily the Mountain West back then, but yes. Oh, but the score phones were there, but that's a whole other show. <laughs> The reality is, is that I didn't like SportsCenter back in the day because all they focused on were home runs. If it was a baseball game, dinger, 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 chicks dig the long ball, dinger, saying you're out. Now, obviously, things have changed in 20-plus years. We can lament ESPN in different ways or not. That's a choice. I think they do a lot of good things, a lot of things I don't like. But... It feels like to me in the NBA, if all we count is scoring, then aren't we doing like who's going to, you know, back in the day, who's going to posterize someone? And there, you know, Dominique Wilkins is the good player, but this other guy isn't Cindy Moncrief, except in truth, Bernard King or Moncrief's better, but he, they don't have the Sports Center highlights. Defense is half the game. If yeah. you think about Jordan and Pippen, What made them six-time champions was defense. Jordan only scored a point or two more than a Dominique or whatever, so why would they win so many titles? Jordan was a multiple-time all-defensive player. Pippen might be the best wing defender in the history of the NBA. Rodman was the best low-post but not center defender. Oh, is it a coincidence they won three straight titles? Right. But now, you look at Golden State, you would make the case... In that championship run, there was a lot of good defense there that wasn't really discussed, you know, as much. I would make the case Steph not as good defensively, but Clay Thompson yeah. very good, Draymond very good, yeah. and and as a guy with a long reach, KD was in his way, not one on one as much. So, who's the best young defender? And if all we're talking about, and I'm going to pose it to you, and you're going to have to answer for the media, Jonas. <laughs> It's on you. How do we make it where it's not just about Sports Center highlights when it comes to who's good at a young age? Uh, first off, Fred Hickman was the guy from. Seattle. Oh, yeah, John there was, Ramos. The, with the there assist. was a dude with blonde hair that had a lisp. That, that I swear to God, his, he had like four names, like James Earl Smith Van, Jones. Vanner, all right. That's it. Yeah, Vanner. I was thinking yes. of that dude, maybe. But go ahead. <laughs> um, I, you know what I think it is? It's almost like we don't appreciate how good a player is on defense until later on in their career. It's it's only until later on in your career where you go, oh, that guy's a really good defender. Like, I know Kawhi Leonard, one of his best attributes is, man, Kawhi Leonard is, you know, an all-around great player. But nobody was talking about Kawhi Leonard and just his defense early on. It was I actually, you know, Jones, I rarely disagree with you on sports matters. A gambling, we don't ever disagree because you don't disagree with me. But I'm going to disagree with you on this. I was a big, tell me if I'm wrong here. I was a big Spurs fan, big at the time. And what I saw was Kawhi, everyone thought in that second year, remember, if I'm correct, second year Kawhi, they lost to Miami. And that was when there was the amazing shot at the end of the game. They already were bringing the trophy out to the Spurs in game six. Right. The in-game odds were 95%. Spurs would win. Kawhi, they were up, I think, five free throw to go. Kawhi missed it with about 28 seconds, and it went the way it went. Yeah. Third year, they won it. The big lament that second and third year of Kawhi was he needs to shoot more. He needs to take more initiative. 
but he was the lockdown defender to the point he locked down LeBron in both those series. Yeah, but my my point is when you're talking about why don't we consider defense when we're talking about all-around great players, I mean, Kawhi could play defense early on, but he was never in the discussion of, oh, well, you know, maybe he's one of the all-around great players. I think for the media, it's easier. But that, that makes my point, though, doesn't it? Yeah. The fact it, he was such a good defender – and it was like, oh, he's a good, you know, spare part. And they, just, and they just label him as that. They label him as that, and they move forward. Like, you look at some of these players you talk about, it, Trey, Trey Young, Luka, these guys that don't play good defense, it's easier for us to just look at point totals and averages and just say, oh, well, that guy's a really good young mm. player than it is to factor in and actually do the digging to go, oh, but on defense he does this. Like James Harden. James Harden, I, I want to say, led the league in steals, if, if I'm not mistaken. That never gets talked about. It never gets talked about James Harden and his high steal count uh, per game now I think on the steals here's the thing about Harden and this is a Bill Simmons theory generally that YouTube and the ability for someone who's motivated to put together kind of a hit video of all your Olay type you know let him go like a bullfighter type defensive possessions has shamed people into not being so hands-off no pun intended because they don't want to be made a fool of or be ridiculed. But Harden, it's Simmons' belief, actually started playing better defense because he was so embarrassed by some of the videos that were going around. <laughs> I, I, do, I do think, though, you might have a stat f- flipped. Harden in the bubble, I think, leads with steals, but he hasn't for a season. Uh, yeah, but, it, but I think his defense has gotten better. And I could be wrong about that. You might you know, look y- into y- it. Yeah, no, and I'll, I'll double-check that. But I want to say that he had a, a high steal per game average one year. But again, that ne- it just doesn't get talked about. All we talk about is you know he travels on every play, and then he has a, a great step back. And he was bad on D, but everyone kind of shrugged at it. Yeah. And the last concept I'll say is this. What I'm going to focus more on, do my little piece of this, is this concept. Get a stop, get a bucket. There are so many times in an NBA game that if you can get a stop and get a bucket, you win. And if you can't, you lose. And there's two pieces of that. And go back to the final Michael Jordan game with the Bulls, the famous play where he goes and strips Malone. Well, he actually got a bucket, got a stop, and got the final bucket. But if you don't get that stop, they don't win that game. And who knows if they win the title – And ultimately, this is why I think it's so wrong for the supposed smart people to dismiss chips, rings, banners, however you want to say it. Because in the end, defensive teams in the NBA win, even though it's not understood that defense is such a big part of why they win by the casual fan. And thus, you look at guys and say, hey, Luka had this many points. And you might think, oh, he's this good. But, you know, why does Luka tend to get beat so much? You know, I'm not saying Luka. I'm saying example of this big score, whoever that is. Why does he get beat so much? Well, maybe it's defense. And if we are not looking at how far you advance in the playoffs or looking at championships, then in a way that's the only way we're ever going to pay attention to defense because it leads to championships. So think about the teams or the players that have underperformed in the playoffs in the NBA, usually they're going to be all offense, no defense. And that's ultimately the indictment of that are the losses. And if we act like the PER is all that matters, 
then we're not giving credit to one of the yields, the results of defense, which is winning. What do you think? Yeah, and it also, just a correction, it was Steph Curry who led the league in steals one year, not James Harden. But again, that's something probably nobody ever discusses because they just look at him as a liability on defense and, and purely an offensive player. It's interesting. Harden, though, as of, I think, yesterday, was yeah. leading in the bubble. Yep. So, so let's do this. We're getting into the preview NFL countdown. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. You can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Let's take our last break. When we come back, Steve Fezzik with a best bet prop, and it's on a quarterback I'm taller than. You should know who that is. That's coming up next. But first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone is America's number one battery destination. No matter what battery problems you're dealing with, you can find your battery solution at AutoZone. Next time you're having starting trouble, start at AutoZone. America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone. AutoZone. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money-making time next here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, RJ, we are doing our countdown 32 all the way to 1, according to Steve Fezzik, power rankings in the NFL. You know, Jonas, I spent an hour learning to pronounce myocarditis. We're not even (laughs) going to get to it today. But we got to go straight to the content Good stuff. We got the Arizona Cardinals in at 22. Super Bowl odds 48 to 1. Over under win total 7.5. Fezzik and I discussed it. Let's listen. What is the truth behind Kyler Murray? Last year, brand new head coach, Kingsbury. Rookie comes in, and he's not very good to start the year. Struggled. In fact, during his first four games in September, Kyler Murray statistically, 25th best quarterback in the league, well below average. After that point, Kyler Murray became not just a capable NFL quarterback, he was the 12th best quarterback statistically the rest of the year starting week five. What we saw the last three quarters of the season, I feel, is the truth where he was the 12th best quarterback. That's Murray, his baseline, even if he doesn't improve, mighty good, but around him, a lot of improvement. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins comes in. What an upgrade. He is my number three rated wide receiver in the NFL. So Murray had some nice weapons, Kirk, Fitzgerald, but they're nothing special to bring in a Hopkins should really improve the offense. Now, on the other side, the O-line, I mean, especially when Rosen, who I'm not a big fan of Rosen, but Rosen two years ago was thrown from his back. Last year wasn't much better. Yeah, the O-line has actually been the most injured O-line in football, not just last year, but the year before. Now, Now, hold on a second. So you're saying over two years They were the most injured, or individually in 2018, they were the most injured. In 2019, again, they were the most injured. In both years, they were the most injured. The odds of that being the case, almost 1,000 to 1, RJ, to have that many injuries. All right, so a lot of optimism for Murray, and that segues into Fezzik with a best bet prop bet. And all my optimism for the offense leads to my prop best bet. Back to Kyler Murray, over 3,850 pass yards. Last year, Murray threw for a little over 3,700 yards. I would have expected 
3850 would be about what he would get had he not added that new weapon. But with DeAndre Hopkins, this offense should be dynamite. Remember, Kingsbury loves going with four wide receiver sets, and he couldn't do that properly last year. This year, with three really good wide receivers, best bet Kyler Murray, over 3,850 pass yards. So a guy that I'm taller than, Jonas, over <laughs> the pass yardage. Now, last thing is Fez has got a forced pick on every team over or under the win total. It, it is seven and a half. Let's hear what it is. I'm thinking it's going to be too conservative. Oh, what I hear so far is you got a quarterback people are in love with. Number one pick, Pat agreed. Uh, many questions answered. Got up to a significant level last year. Take out the first four games, even higher. You look at like the quarterback tiers and all that stuff, highly regarded. You're saying weapons are being added. You're saying a historic amount of injuries on the O-line, which should not continue. And then lean. Why? Because the odds makers are pricing in a huge upgrade in Arizona. This is a team that only won five games last year. Their season win is seven and a half. That's a two and a half win upgrade. Only five teams in the NFL have had that much of an upgrade in their expected season win number. So Arizona's one of the five. Yes. So you're saying if you say the five teams that are expected to improve the most prior or compared to last season, Arizona's on the list. Yes. Who else is on that list? Tampa Bay, Chargers, Detroit, and Cincinnati. Okay, so it's some of this is priced in. What do you think of the defense real quick? Yeah, I do expect defensive improvement. Cornerback Patrick Peterson, he's a stud. He was out six games with a suspension last year, and Arizona did pick up numerous free agents' defensive additions. Yeah, I question those free agents, but let's make it official. Lean! Lean to Arizona over seven and a half season wins. He might be conservative, Jonas, but... Good content from Fez. <laughs> Quick update. Suns win. Suns 7-0 straight up. 7-0 against the spread. Still underdogs to get in the 8th seed playoff play-in game. Straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone is America's number one battery destination. No matter what battery problems you're dealing with, you can find your battery solution at AutoZone. Next time you're having starting trouble, start at AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone, AutoZone. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We are straight out of Vegas, back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 